You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. Ahmed Munawar here. I am your host. We've got David Breyer on the show with me today. Boy, this interview blew me away. And I'm not just saying that because the proof of this is that after this conversation with David Breyer, we went offline and I said, David, how the hell do I work with you? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if you work with people like me, but I like what I hear and I want to be in the David Breyer business. I didn't use those words exactly. But after that, we had a conversation and David's going to be working with me and he's going to be consulting me and we're going to be working together and, and, and to improve my brand and improve my positioning and my messaging. And I'm very, very excited about that. So right after this conversation, I went ahead and ordered David's book, which you probably should too. I've got it right here beside me in hardcover as he recommended, as you'll hear. And I've got a consultation with David coming up in a couple of days. So suffice to say, I found this interview very interesting, very intriguing. I think David has so much value to provide and insight to provide on the topic of branding, and not just for the kind of companies that he's worked with, but also for consultants and professional service providers who probably don't think nearly enough about branding and don't consider it to be a priority, likely because they misunderstand the topic to begin with. And that's where I think David really provides a ton of value in this conversation, is he dispels some of the myths that people have around branding and really provides a workable definition for branding that you can use and apply to your business. And I think it'll uncover for you why you've been approaching the topic of branding and the exercise all wrong up until now, and hopefully give you some really practical advice on how to do it right. So lots to learn here from David Breyer. Before I let you get to that interview, we are adding a new Q&A segment to the show. So what we're doing is we're gathering questions from you, the listener. You can submit questions to me at forecast.fm slash ask. There's a little audio widget on that page you can use to record a question up to three minutes long and you send it in to me. And if it's a good question and I like it, I think it'd be interesting for our listeners to hear the answer to on the show. I will air it on the show and I will answer your question and it'll be a lot of fun. So before we get to the interview, I want to air the first question that we're going to answer on this show. This one's coming to us from Erica Ballard. Here's Erica. Hi, Ahmad. I have a question for you. So I have this idea for a lead magnet and really want to get your opinion on it. So I am going after or targeting sales VPs to help them regulate their team's energy. And I know that it's, it's good to give before you get. So I wanted to create a, a lead magnet that would allow them to check or score their people's energy and give them information on how to help regulate their team's energy or how to improve it. And so I'm, I'm wondering, one, what do you think about it? Like, what do you think about that idea? Um, and two, how would you go about getting this lead magnet or this two-step into the hands of sales VPs. Would totally welcome any feedback on it. Thanks. Erica, thank you for sending in your question. It's an excellent question. And it sounds like a really interesting offer. So you're helping sales VPs regulate the energy of their teams so that I assume they can achieve 
better sales results and better sales performance. So I think the idea of a lead magnet that will allow them to score their teams or the individuals on their team's energy is really interesting because it gives them a data point. And the thing to remember about salespeople and sales leaders is they're looking for data, right? They run their organization by the numbers, right? The only way that they know they're performing well is that the numbers are up. And when the numbers are up, things are good. When the numbers are down, things are bad. So they're always looking for data points that they can use to track performance and predict performance. So I think what's really interesting about your idea is as a sales leader, I can position your energy score as a lead indicator for sales performance. So if my salespeople have higher energy, better energy, and they're able to perform better, they're going to sell better. That's a you know pretty simple contention to make, and it's easy to believe, easy to follow, because it kind of makes good sense. And anybody who's sold in the past will agree, most likely, that Energy is an important factor in the sales process, sales conversation. When you feel good, you sell better. When you feel bad, you sell poorly. So I think what's interesting about this is, is you're giving them a way to quantify their energy so they can use it as a lead indicator and then track that. So what I would want to be looking for as a sales leader is, huh, can I use Erica's sales energy score and compare it to my salespeople's revenue numbers? So when they have higher energy, can I correlate that with higher sales? And is there a pattern? There likely is, but they're only going to see it if they're tracking it. And if there is a pattern, then they can start to optimize for energy because it's hard to optimize for revenue, right? Like it's, you know, revenue's up, revenue's down. What do you do apart from tell your salespeople to go and close more deals, right? That's not very helpful, but you can optimize for the lead indicator, which is energy. So I think it's really interesting. Um, and I think you should develop a scorecard around this where you're giving them uh, essentially a, a scorecard to give to their salespeople and to hand to them and say, hey, I want you to monitor your energy for the next week or two weeks. And I want you to score yourself on these criteria and these questions. And I want to see how that's going to impact your sales performance. On the one hand, that gives your salespeople a little more visibility and focus around their energy, which is going to be a good thing. And then they can start tracking how that actually leads to superior sales performance. And if they start to see patterns, that's really good data that you're going to want to see, that you're going to want to use for your own sales process. So a great idea. The way that I would get this in front of people is LinkedIn, to be honest. I would go on LinkedIn and I would look up all the sales leaders you're already connected with. And I would proactively go out and search for sales leaders within your target market at the kind of companies you want to be working with and of the right size. Um, and I would just reach out to them and say, hey, look, I have this scorecard that I've developed that'll help you regulate your sales team's energy so that they can achieve better sales results and you can quantify their energy and I'll give you a lead indicator to track and it's free of charge. I can send it to you, you know, right now if you want it. Let me know if that's of interest and I'll be damned if you don't get some serious bites on that. But it's something you want to test in terms of the messaging. What's going to make them bite on it? What kind of messages will they respond to the best? That's something you have to test a little bit, but I think the offer is sound and LinkedIn is a great way to get this in front of people. So Erica, hope that's helpful to you. If you have a follow-up question to that, hit me up and let me know. Otherwise, for those of you who are listening, if you have a question you want me to answer on the show, it can be about marketing, lead generation, lead magnets, content, positioning, messaging, strategy, business model. I mean, really 
anything is fair game here. You know this show. We cover a whole lot of topics. Whatever you need to generate clients, win more deals, raise your fees, build a more sustainable, profitable consulting and professional services business, I would love to answer your questions here on the show. If you want to submit one, go to forecast.fm slash ask. That's forecast.fm slash ask. With that, let's get right to today's featured interview. Mr. David Breyer, welcome to Forecast, my friend. Absolutely, man. Thank you very much for having me. Good to have you on the show. Um, been following you for a while. Love your work. Love everything you're doing. I just watched your interview, by the way, with, with Grant Cardone, which was fantastic. Thank you. Um, how long ago was that, by the way? I think, uh, I think with Grant, that might have been maybe four years ago, maybe four or five, something like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great conversation. For those who don't know who David Breyer is, give us the quick intro. Um, let's see here. Native New Yorker, been branding every, anything that stands still enough to uh, actually be, uh, you know, held on to, um, anything. And literally, I mean, I've branded everything from services to products, to cultural tours, to cities, to nonprofits and, and as well as people, because sometimes people will say, oh, well, what about personal branding? It's like, get over it, people. It's like personal, non-personal. Bottom line is, is branding has less to do with what the hell you're introducing and conveying to people as much as the factor of like, you know what? Each and every one of us is has like a gazillion messages pounding at us, whether it's texts, whether it's um, messaging, social channels, TV, media, whatever, radio, podcast, it doesn't matter. We're being bombarded. And the bottom line is, is what branding solves and what I do is I help turn wandering minds and wandering eyes into heat-seeking missiles of, of want and desire that are interested in what the hell you have to say and bring to the world. That's what I do in a nutshell. And I've done it from everyone from Revlon to Estee Lauder to Rolling Stone to New York Times to uh, startups to new companies, to whether they be in Silicon Valley or they be in New England or they be in Florida or they be in Australia, it doesn't matter. I've done, I've worked with them all and I love it. And I love converting ordinariness into remarkable and converting me and basically slaying the hell out of mediocrity. Other than that, I really don't do anything of any value. <laughs> that does pretty much it. Well, I love how that was like the most meta example of good branding because you could have said, well, I do branding. <laughs> <laughs> So that's boring as hell. And right. we're going to get to that. Right. Uh, so where did you come up in? Like it was ad industry, Madison Avenue. How did you come up in the industry? I um, I came up actually as a as a solo entrepreneur, as, as an independent designer in New York. Um, and I did not I did not like the ad ad agency uh, culture. It wasn't my wasn't a space that I really dug. Um, I found personally, I found a lot of sort of political, everyone's sort of like wanting to like step over the other. It's like, oh no, this is going to be my next career move. I didn't like that cultural thing. That wasn't my thing. Um, even though I admired some great work being done, it just wasn't my, my place that I wanted to be at. There was one particular designer who actually inspired me to be, to actually from seeing his work to become a designer because I was a fine artist and a painter. And if you see over my shoulder there, that George Harrison painting, that's, a, that's an actual oil painting. I mean, I did that when I was in my teens. I was an artist and a painter and an illustrator, and that's where I came from. 
became made a deliberate decision to become a designer. Um, and then from that, it started to explode into really more story and more brand. And what does a brand walk like, talk like, look like, smell like, etc. Because I didn't like the idea of just doing a sugar coating. Let me make this look pretty, even though it might be look and smell like a like a fresh mound of crap. Um, so that's the thing. That's that's how it came up. And so I really always pretty much stayed on my own because I that's even though I almost got a gig working with that designer, unfortunately his health at that time started to diminish at the time when he was looking at hiring me. And otherwise I would have actually that would have been an interesting thing to see how that impacted my my uh, world. So that's fascinating because you came from the visual side initially. You were the design, the visual. Absolutely. Guy. Yep. And most people in that space, they 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 have a very visually oriented definition of branding, which you have clearly evolved from. Yep. What made you realize that you know what branding is more than just the way the website looks and the logo and the visuals. Well, the thing that I realized is that see, it's all about story. Right? So I came from and I didn't realize it until many years later. I love the story. Now, I so I use visuals to amplify the story. Whereas I have seen a lot of designers who simply use visuals to make things look pretty. They treat it like, like clothing, right? It's like, as opposed to like, well, okay, well, the guy or the gal talks like an idiot and they sound like a moron and they have nothing to offer of any value, but we're going to make them look good right? It's sort of like the Kardashian school of branding. It's like, okay, you know, that, you know, which I, I don't, and I'm sorry, sorry, Kim and Chloe and guys, I don't, I, it's not, it's not my world. They're not listening. It's okay. If they're not listening, that that's the first problem we need to fix. You (laughs) you should be listening. You should be listening to this. You should call me up to add some depth to your story. (laughs) You're such a New Yorker, by the way. I love it. Like, there's no mystery where you're from. Exactly where you're from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so so you've pretty much been independent business owner for your entire career, by the sound of it. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So how does a guy like you, you know, designer initially, then brand storyteller, how does a guy like you work with such big companies? Um, because I don't pull any punches. I mean, bottom line is, I, I you know. If someone's being an, if, if a client's being an idiot, I'm going to say, here's the thing, you know, it's like, I love you guys, but here's the thing, the way you're approaching it, like the way you're literally approaching it is freaking stupid. Or if you're going to go down this road, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll tell clients this and they know I'm talking from a place of passion and conviction, not there's a, one can express a viewpoint where it's like, no, 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 no. My way is the only way. And, and, and that's a very, nar- in a very narcissistic way. And that's not, it's not with the interest of making sure the outcome is the better outcome. It's making sure that their way is listened to, right? Which is like, that's a very different thing to the casual observer. They might miss that nuance. But the bottom line is, is when I'm talking to a client, I'll say, here's the deal. If you're going to go down that direction, I am going to fight you every step of the way. I will, I will tell a client that I have no problem with that. If we're going to terminate the relationship, let's get it terminated fast. And we're going to get into bed, bed together. These are the terms that come upon which we're going, to, we're going to do it. So I make it very, very clear because I'm all about conviction. You got to have some freaking conviction. Whether I'm talking to practitioners, whether I'm talking to uh, peers, whether I'm talking to clients, whether I'm talking to companies or, or a packed room, it's like I talk about conviction. 
You have to have conviction. Be all in. Eliminate, like, like one of the things that I'll tell clients all the time in terms of how they talk about this stuff is like, you know, why do you exist? Well, you know, we exist because, you know, we're here to help and offer guidance to blah, blah. I said, what the hell is that? Offer help and guidance. What is that shit? It's like we help businesses. We create growth. It's like be declarative. Have conviction. And you know what? And if you screw up, be willing to fall on your own sword. You know, so just be all in. It makes for a hell of a lot more exciting life. It makes for a more dynamic thing. And you don't have to, you don't go in tentatively on things saying like, well, let's see if, let's try this little way. And see, it's like, you know, because, because one of the things that I'll, I'll always tell companies, I'll say, look, if you're willing, if you want to make a dent, like, like, here's the great myth. You're going to love this. Here's the great myth. I love companies that go, well, if, if, you know, okay, you're David, you're saying we need to go to like on a scale of one to 10, we need to be going on, don't go bigger, go home. We need to go into 10. What if we do 20% of that 10? Won't we get 20% of the result? My answer is no, it's not a mathematical equation where it goes like, no, you, you 20% means you may not get hurt at all. You may get 0% if you're going in 20, 10. Let's be tentative. Let's try and not ruffle too many feathers. Let's see if maybe we can just stick our big toe in and maybe get completely wet. No, you won't get completely wet if you stick your big toe in. Your big toe might get wet, maybe, right? So anyway, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm really passionately engaged in the be all in, not stupidly, not, not, uh, not without correctly doing your homework and doing all that stuff. But once you know, know and go and do it. Do it. Just be a beast. You know, I got a bunch of questions for you. All right, let's start here. Uh, let's start here. I can I can see why clients come to you now and why the clients you work with love you because you tell them the truth and you go all in. I can see that. Yep. What I'm really curious about though is in the early days when David Breyer had not worked with New York Times, Rolling Stone, Estee Lauder, etc. Right? How'd you get your foot in the door? Blind ambition. I was so. I look back, I'll give, you, I'll give you a context here. So uh, about three years ago, we moved offices. We had, we had been in an office for about 17 years and it was kind of like we, had, we kind of, it no longer fit the need and now we're in our, you, you, you see our office, you're looking at, you, you know, this is, this is this part and there's that part. Anyway, it's a, it's a great office, it's a great space. It's perfect for where, where we are. Um, but as we were doing that, I had to basically go through, because when I relocated out to the Midwest, from New York, I had brought a lot of crap from that office. I hadn't looked in those boxes in about 17 years. So now I'm going, I'm not moving all this shit. There's no way. I mean, this is a way a lot of shit. And so, and my, you know, my wife, who's a m- much more organized than me, just incredibly well organized. And she, you know, she's like, you're probably gonna throw away 80% of it. And I said, you're probably right. I mean, I've learned at this point. I mean, when she says that, she's right. Let's either get 85 or if not, if not 85%. I'm going, to, I'm going to go through, I'm going to, right, what was I thinking? And, and, and they can believe me, there were a gazillion moments of what was I thinking? So I was like, trash, trash, trash. And, but I was at the same time, I was going through these things and I was going, holy shit. What I did in my first few years of my career were, was so ballsy, was so blind ambition. I actually could have actually gone into business with a, one of the major publishers in New York City, and I passed it up because they weren't offering enough money because I had, I had 
and uneducated. I was, I was not, my business acumen was not sufficient. So I made uh, an incorrect call. But when I look back in retrospect, I'm like, what? I'm like, what did I pass up? It was unbelievable. But it's, and at the same time, that was around the time. So for example, I mean, you've probably seen my book, Brand Intervention, right? Where Damon John wrote the, wrote the, the forward to. So Damon, so I was looking at the same time I was going through all this, I had already had Damon, I, I already approached Damon. I said, you know, could we come into contact with each other? That's a separate story, which I could tell you if we have time for. But so we, we got in contact with each other. And so I said, I'd love to have you write it. We're both born in Brooklyn, both raised in Queens, and we're 10 years apart in age, but we just really connect. Uh, love Damon. And so you're, you're 30, he's 40, is that what it is? You got it, man. You got it. I, I, actually, actually, I'm 30 and he's 40, but no, that's it, whatever. So the thing is, is um, he, I, he ends up like, I say, would you write the forward? I'd, I think that'd be freaking awesome. And again, this was, that was a moment of just complete blind, blind ambition. I was just like, I thought that that would be a really cool thing. I didn't think that that was a big deal for me to ask that. I was just like, and he goes, I'd love to. I'm like, how cool is that? So, so we get that done. And so now I'm sitting with that. For, I'm sitting with that for a while. I'm trying, I'm, I'm slowly creeping up on completing my book. And, but it was that sort of realization going through that almost 20 years of stuff and looking at the opportunities that I had bypassed, the opportunities that I had skipped, the things I said no to, the, the decisions I made, yet I said yes to, um, that I was like, if I do not, seeing what I just saw, if I do not take advantage of really completing my book and really making sure that I respect what Damon did and realize that that's an incredibly generous gesture in his part, I will in 10 years be looking back and saying, what are you a freaking moron? I will be looking back at my younger self. And so that was sort of my wake up call, my bitch slap to myself and go, okay, dude, smell the freaking coffee. Um, so blind ambition, that's how most of the wildest things have happened. Um, I just sort of thought, wouldn't that be cool if, and then I just reach out. That's really what happened. I mean, and so it was sort of a little bit of New York bravado, a little bit of, um, you know, I think I'm amazing. You know, I think, I think everyone has that, I think I'm amazing portion in the beginning of their career. I'm amazing. There's no one, there's never anyone like me that are doing what I do. And I think that there's always that moment for some people it's longer, for some people it's shorter. And I would say that that was, that was what, where I was. And I have those moments still where it's like, you know, I'll look back at something, you know, that I did last year. I'm like, <laughs> what was I thinking? I mean, what I, I mean, what do I like cojones the size of like, you know, Texas, this is insane. So that's the, that's, it's just, it was just blind sort of like, why not? Wouldn't that be cool if? So let's take a little deeper there. So you're, you're confident even when, in the past at least, you didn't have the track record to be confident in. You had that confidence. The confidence preceded the results and that drove the results. Fair to say? I would say that it was either confidence or just sheer what the hell, which I wouldn't say it was confidence. It was like sort of like, you know what? I think this is a freaking awesome idea. And it was just my own enthusiasm. You know, and again, when you're when anybody's in the beginning of their career, they don't have the worldly view yet. And that's one of the things that I think as one gets into their career, let's say you get into your career 10, 20, 30 plus years into your career, 
I think you start having more of a worldview. You start going, oh, there are many competing companies. There are many other options. There are there's lots of this and da, 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 da. So you have a bit of a broader view and you sort of look at it from that context, which I think is very healthy. And so you look and you go, okay, so how do I tackle that? How do I address that? So I think that that's a, just another layer of insight and, and wisdom that comes into it. So yes, I mean, so, so a certain degree it was confidence, certain degree it was sheer enthusiasm, you know, um, that I don't even know that, that I even knew what confidence was at that point other than like, I'm freaking excited over this. Hey, let's talk. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it's an important point, right? Because I'm thinking confidence, but you bring up a really important point here is that you were just genuinely passionate about the work and about the ideas and about the execution of it, that that almost melted away by the sounds of it, any hesitations or anxieties you might've had because you just love this stuff. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And my, and my whole, and I've always operated on the factor that if I don't know how to do it, I'll figure it out. I always had that in my hip pocket. If I, it's like, look, you know what? I believe enough in this thing. If I don't know how to do it, I'll figure it out. I will fulfill the discussion, any gap between what we're talking about and what needs to happen. I will, I will own that gap. Bam. And close it up and boom, there's, there it is. I will, I'll do whatever the hell it takes. Mm, love it. So David, let's, let's jump into the topic, branding. And folks who are listening to this, consultants, professional service providers, they might be small firms, mid-sized firms, and everywhere in between. They don't know what the hell that means, first of all. Right? So you've, you've helped a little bit already in that regard. But yep. most importantly, they don't know why they should care. You know, the New York Times, Estee Lauder, the folks that you've worked with, I mean, these are big brands. And we understand, especially in a B2C context, the yep. importance of brands in our lives. We can intellectually understand that. But if I'm still in a consulting service, management consultant, strategy consultant, I'm an accountant, I'm a lawyer, All right. right. why yeah, the yeah. hell should I care? All right, so here's, so here's the deal. Let, 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 let's, let's like uh, completely annihilate some freaking myths and stupid misconceptions, right? This is like, like slay the hell out of them. So first of all, the concept of B2B and B2C is bullshit, period, 100%. Why? It's because let's look at something very fundamental. There's always a person at the end of the decision. I don't care if, it's, if, it's, if they're making a decision for their home or they're making a decision for their family or they're making a decision for their business. They have a different criteria with all of those, but there's still a person making a decision. Okay, so now that we understand that as a context, let's look a little further. You go, okay, good. Now, every now, if you and I, if we're interested, hey, you know, I go, you know what? What kind of sneaker do you want to buy? And you're like, I don't know. Let me let me Google it. And then you get 1.7 million responses with regard to here's your options as far as the sneakers you have to choose from, or here's the or here's the beard oil, or here's the the, the, the new the new polo shirt, or here's the this, or here's the, whatever you want. There's a gazillion options. Right. So what makes the difference between all those options and the ones that rise above all that, that rise above the noise, that get your attention and get my attention? What are they doing? That's the point. That is what every one of your listeners needs to understand, because whether it's a B2B space, B2C space, it does, there's, there are the things that rise above and get noticed, or there's all the other ones that add to the noise. The choice becomes, or the question becomes, what do you want to do? Do you want to add to the noise and be one more choice, one more contender? Or do you want to be the one that people go, holy shit, 
I want to, I want that because they stand, they stand apart. They have a distinct voice. Da, 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 da. So what, what are the things that go into those that rise up? They fall into the, the definition of branding that I put in my book. Now, my, the book I'm referring to is Brand Intervention, which if any of your listeners by now have not purchased it, if you don't listen to it, if you, if you have not ordered it before you're, you're done with this podcast, trust me, your career is going to plummet until it's, it's like a fortune cookie. It's like, it's like all hell will break loose. You know, people will not like you. People will consider you like smelly and disgusting and, and a social pariah. They think that you'll be just hor a horrible person. And all of a sudden your popularity is going to be gone and vaporized unless until you order my book hardcover on Amazon right now. And the reason is, is because of this. The reason I wrote my book was because I found this very interesting. Some years ago, I decided to go to amazon.com. I went in and I looked in and I typed in branding. I was just curious. And I looked under books. And at the time, and this is going, let's say this is about maybe six years ago, six, seven years ago. I did this, at, the first time I did this. And there were like over 6,000 books. Like six, not, not now you gotta get this. This is a specific branding tool. This is a specific business tool, branding. This is not adult fantasy, you know, with like vampires and like werewolves and special wizards. And this isn't all kind of crazy crap, right? The romance, whatever. This is just, no, this is a specific business tool. And it's a very specific one. This isn't business, which probably has 100,000 books. This is branding. And, and, that, and if you do that today, last I checked a few months ago, it was over 8,400 books than now on branding. So I looked at all that and I'd read a good chunk of them, you know, enough to know that there were some different concepts and different things in this blue ocean and red ocean and this thing and that and blah, 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 all over it. And the interesting concepts and start with why and da, 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 all. Okay. There's some interesting books. Good. But what I personally found obnoxious was that out of a 250 to 300 page book, there was always 10 pages that had the stuff. The stuff before it was either buildup or theory or extrapolation. The stuff after it was case histories, whatever. But there was just like, there's always like the 10 pages somewhere in the middle there. They didn't bother to say, hey, by the way, if you just want to get have us get to the point, go to this page. That would have been nice. So it would have been a courtesy, but they didn't do that. So what happens is, is I do that and that I personally found annoying. So I wanted to write and create a book that only had the stuff, no fat, no fluff, no bullshit, zero. And that's the one thing that people say about it. So, and the one thing is I also wanted to have a definition of branding that no one seemed to agree. Everyone touched upon different things and it's not that they were untrue, but they, none of them quite agreed to give you and me a foundation of what, if, if all, if everything goes to shit, what happens that brings me back to center? So I brought it down to a four-word definition. Every aspect of branding falls under. It is the art of differentiation. It's a forward definition in the book. And when it, so when it comes to branding, the brand, the companies that lead, the service companies that lead, the accountants that lead, the, 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 any industry that leads, any profession that leads, any product category that leads, the thing that it's doing, it is differentiating itself. It isn't saying the same thing. It isn't trying to out-feature and outpace and say the same and say, no, 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 no. We're really the better one. 
We're really the greatest. We really have customer service. We really care about you. We really, we have we have a million year warranty. And anytime in the next million years, no matter what happens, just come back to us. Doesn't matter how many times you reincarnated. It's okay. Just come with your proof of purchase and we're good. You know what I mean? It gets ridiculous. So people try and out feature. So that's why different is better than better. People are always trying to, well, we're better, but we're more talented. We're more this, we're more that. Well, you know what? It doesn't freaking matter because marketing is not, marketing is not telepathic. Marketing is not the kind of thing like it's good karma. It's like, well, I've went to enough schools. I have enough diplomas on the wall. I don't care about your diplomas and nobody, neither does anybody else. It doesn't matter. Um, so that's the thing of it. It's like, how do you convey in a world where words have been ripped of their meaning, where people have said stuff that's untrue and they've made claims and they've kind of diluted the, the, so you have to get smart. How do you navigate in that landmine of BS to actually come out the other side with a voice that's distinct, that's unique, that's memorable, that has the, that knows when to swerve, has room enough to pivot, and knows when to zig when everyone's zagging. That's that's what branding does. How do you go about writing a book in a market with thousands of titles on Amazon that stands out? What did that look like? Oh, it's amazing. Well, you well, you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so I mean, it's like, I, well, first of all, a few a few things. Okay, bang. Okay. First of all, it's just like it's straight. It's like right there. That, that's one thing. Another thing is Damon John right there. As far as that, that that's instant street cred. And on the back, we have you know we have quotes from Damon. We have quotes from Grant Cardone. Who says David's solution for branding will revolutionize the way you think about it. David is a branding genius. Okay. You know, I got from Ted Rubin. I got and you, you know uh, you know Claude Silver from uh, VaynerMedia. Mm-hmm. All right, so chief heart officer just got this just like this is good this is badass we we actually claude and i spoke uh we 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 spoke in a little bit we got to know each other had our first face-to-face just the uh just just earlier in the week i have to i have to share this with you this i love so this is what claude said okay and for those that don't know claude is the chief heart officer claude is gary vaynerchuk's right hand person right gary gary says no it's not it's not claude is my right hand person in my organization because he's all about culture this is what she said. This is not only an outstanding book on branding, but is, it, but is an excellent example of branding, design, and content I keep in my office. I only wish I had this book at the beginning of my career. That's what Claude said. And so, so it's a matter of just sharing this and the design of it. The design. It's like, I mean, this is my favorite chapter. My favorite chapter, just to give you, because I talked about brevity. My favorite chapter is chapter 26. First of all, the design of it. I mean, so, I mean, you're going to, you're obviously going to show some snippets. So that way people see, I mean, you know, there's this kind of stuff, which give people, which give people just fun visuals. And I, and and the last 50 pages literally shows how this thing actually, how, how this stuff works before and after, but that's the way it looks. People go nuts because it's large. They're like, oh, I can finally, a book I can actually read and finish. They love it. But my most favorite, my most favorite, favorite, favorite chapter consists of two sentences. It's called Ver- "Good versus Great," and, the, and 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 I don't even put the, both sentences on the same page. I put one sentence on one page and the other sentence on the other page, and that's the whole thing. And I'll read it for those of you that may, if in case they they're just listening and not seeing it, a good brand makes us feel good about what they stand for. A great brand makes us feel good about what we stand for. Mm. Okay. 
That tells you everything you need to know. Why did I not write 20, you know, 20 pages more? Because I respect the reader. Why am I going to do that? So the thing is, is, so I made it visually different. I made it, um, I've written articles about it. I've talked about it. And the thing that I didn't realize, if I were to reconstruct my career, I would have said, do a book, you know, at 30 or 35, as opposed to now I've done it later in my career. Now, granted, I have more to bring to the table, which I understand. But I think that after maybe 15 years of, or so of doing of doing it, one could have written a book because I, what I learned was a book really is the ultimate calling card. I mean, I didn't, I honestly, here's, here's a confession, confession of a, of a branding, of a branding guru. Okay. <laughs> and so the thing is, is um, I did not realize how important a book was in the eyes of other people. I, I had a book in the same category as a video and a blog post and an article or whatever. I, because, because from my viewpoint, my viewpoint, I was sharing valuable content. I didn't have a distinction that, wait a second, if they, if they can actually hold and share and give and, and, and hand out and do and, and feel this thing, it, it, this is a different beast. And I did not realize that that was a complete blind spot on my part. And so books are an amazing thing, but you got to find why it's relevant. You know, I didn't make, I didn't, I didn't try and make this uh, something that was a great theoretical big thing. And I didn't try and fill it up artificially with, with, with more and more pages just because I wanted to hear myself speak. I wanted to make it really sufficient and really succinct. Um, and people, people go nuts. I mean, the, the, you, you read the reviews, people go freaking nuts over this. It's insane. Someone's listening to this and they're thinking, Hey, David, that's great. You know, you've got a great personality. <laughs> you're very distinct, very original. You're different in your market. I get it. But look, I'm just, I'm just a consultant. I'm just a this, that, and the other. I don't really know how to be different in my market. I know we provide great service. We have great clients. are really happy. I don't really know what makes us different. How do you respond to that? Very simple. So the thing you do is you take an assessment. This, is it. this, this right now, this, what I'm about to tell you can, can make any one of your listeners a million dollars. Right now, I'm telling you, I'm, and I'm not exaggerating. You so, stop here then. <laughs> <laughs> here's the deal. Here's the deal. So it works like this. So what you do is you take an assessment. You go, okay, who are who are the five or five or eight, you know, companies that we are uh, that we, the companies, professionals, uh, competitors that we're up against. Okay, and and you need to be intelligent about that. In other words, like some like some people are like, well. We've made this very unique blah, 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 blah. And no one else has ever done it before. There, so therefore, we have no competition. Hello, stupid, naive person. <laughs> you, you do have competition. Because the bottom line is, is people are trying to solve the problem that you have supposedly solved. Okay? That means so that there's already something. You, you may have the newest, greatest, whatever. But there's still, there's still a problem that you are solving. And they may have been doing it the old way, but they're still doing it. So what's your competition? You know, um, <clears throat> I mean, like you, like you, to just to make this very tangible, very, very realistic. So you could say, you know, Nike could have said, well, we're coming out with sneakers. And no one's ever made a sneaker like us. Therefore, we have no competition. Come on. There was Converse. There was kids, Keds. There was, there's, uh, you know, Adidas. There's Reebok. There's whatever. There, you do have competition. Okay. So just, so just don't, don't be so. 
drunk on your own Kool-Aid that you get stupid. Okay. So, um, so, so basically, so don't drink and brand is the message there. <laughs> so brand responsibly, don't drink and brand. Um, so you want to look at uh, your competition. So, okay. So who, who, and what are they going to, to solve X, Y, Z problem? And lo- then look at what they're all saying against all odds and all, all possible uh, likelihood. What happens is, is 98% of companies are copying each other. 98% of companies are copying each other. They're doing their own spin on, it's like, you know, people might say, well, we're, we're, you know, we offer suits. Well, we offer, we offer great suits. Uh, we offer better suits, better quality. Oh, okay, good. We offer better suits with better quality at a discount price. Oh, we offer better suits with a discount price and we, we, we guarantee it. And even if you put on 45 pounds, we'll still change, we'll still tailor it and you'll still look great or whatever. I mean, there was a, Try and outfeature one another, and it, and it's variations. That's called incremental. That's evolutionary branding. That's evolutionary steps. You're not going to succeed with that. You need to be a revolution. You need to find okay, if they're all talking in this way, and there's different places. That's what I cover in the book, really, 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 really well. I cover. Are you are you talking about yourself as a brand? That's a common mistake. Like, let let us tell you about us. It's like that's about as popular in branding as it is in blind dates. Hi, I know that we've never met each other. By the way, let me tell you all about me. It's like, you know, it's like that, that, that check cannot come fast enough, okay? So, <laughs> so the thing is, is so a great, the great brands are interested in you and me. The great brands actually are about values. Now, it doesn't mean value. That's not like, oh, wait, which one's cheaper? No, no, no. Values. That means like, hey, I like feeling healthy. That's a value that I have as a, as a consumer. I like getting stuff done quickly. That's a value that I have as, as a potential client. I like doing things smarter. That's a value that I have as a potential client, uh, business person. So, so you want to get that right. You want to know, are you, are you outward facing? Are you inward facing? If you're all about, oh, let's tell you about us. Let's tell you about us. Let's tell you about us. That's stupid. You know, are you talking the same way as everybody else? Are you using co- corporate geek? Are you using marketing speak? Hi, let's talk to you about state-of-the-art, next-gen, blah, blah, blahs. Hey, that's right. Okay, close the doors now because you will go out of business soon, all right? That's stupid. So the, so you don't want to use that stuff that everyone has said before. You're not going to stand out because you're going to have to spend a gazillion dollars to ever get heard once if you're heard at all because you're going to blend in. So these are some of the things. So that's what you. So you need to be taking that assessment to arrive at Okay, here's what everyone's saying. Here are the commonalities. The reason you did that exercise is to arrive at this point. Commonalities. Commonalities. This is what everyone's saying. They're all talking about blah, 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 blah. And you will find, in the majority of the cases, you are also talking about blah. And that's the problem. You aren't differentiating. If they're all talking about, if they're all talking about, you know, well, this is this. Well, you might need to be the the rebellious one. You need to maybe disrupt the entire industry and go. How are we going to transform how the how the industry gets this stuff done? That's like thinking big enough to make a difference that's going to be relevant and matter. So, does that answer your question? It does. And I follow up to this: is is this about fundamentally being different in the way that we deliver and create value, or in the way that we communicate that value? Yes. <laughs> both it's not an or it's not an or 
It's the, the, that, and, and, and it's good that you ask that question because that is a very core mistake. It's like companies will look and they'll say, well, does that mean we do it this way or this way? The problem with that question is you think it should be one or the other. It needs to be all. Mm. It needs to be. It's like we need to be different on how we communicate. We need to be different on where we communicate. We need to be different in the way that we communicate. We need to be different. It's like what happens if everyone in your in everyone. Let's say, for example, like one of the one of the let's take an industry such as lawyers. Okay. Lawyers are known for being very conservative, overly cautious, overpriced, and highly complicated and taking too long, period. That is the industry of the, of the, of the, of the legal organization of attorneys. Well, what if you actually had one that was like, Hey, it's like, you know, you actually answered when the phone was answered, first of all, that you weren't put in a menu tree that was automated and took 15 minutes to do something that should take about one. How about that? first showing respect to the time of your customer, right? That's like just these little incremental things. How do you do that? Great. And how about instead of going into a menu tree, you actually had a live person. And how about the person wasn't like, hello, you reached hop and shop and flop and hop them, you know, how may I help you? You know, it's like, how about you by that firm? All right. Let's just sort of track that. I'm going to edit that out because hop and slop and slop is going to send me a cease and desist letter any day now. Thank you. Well, and and they should, and they should. And so, and you know, and, and, and I'll tell you exactly how to reply to them as well. So, but the thing is, 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 you know, how about it? It's like, how about, how can you shake it up? Like, I'll give you, I'll give you an interesting little anecdote. I mean, this is, this wouldn't be applicable to a law firm, but as a case in point, I mean, one of my, one of my dear buddies, Dale Dupree, great sales guy. Um, he terrific sales guy. Um, he's introducing a whole revolution and, and, and in, in educating corporations and organizations on how to sell. And one of his, what's that? Gonna be on the show as well pretty soon. Dale oh Dupree. yeah, Dale, tell tell yeah tell tell Dale that I I I I gave him that I I already I already promoted him and if he doesn't promote me back then I'm actually I'm sending <laughs> I'm sending him an invoice and so but but the thing is is like if you if have you ever listened to have you ever called his uh called his mobile and heard his message no it's hysterical he goes it, it's something like the long lines of like hi you reached Dale and I'm sorry I'm actually like I'm right now I'm probably either helping. You know, it, I'm here to actually like, you know, transform how business do this and, 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 and how sales and how sales can actually like be, be more humanized. And by the way, I make a pretty mean brisket as well. And you go, what? <laughs> You're like, what? And, but it completely, you got me. It's like, and then he just goes on from there and it's just, you know, he talk, I mean, I think he talks about a remote Island and in, and financial independence. I mean, but it's like, it's so unexpected. See, it's the unexpected. See, most, most of the, one of the things that I go in my book, and this is a really, really core, core ingredients to, to brands. The great brands have a good balance between what's known, and when I say known, I mean expected, and then what's unknown. And when I say unknown, I mean unexpected. Very practical point that everybody's experienced. Whole Foods. You and I go to Whole Foods. We walk down and everything's as we expected, and it's cool and beautiful produce and great fish and meat and veggies and whatever. And the aisles are packed and it's a lot of space and all this kind of stuff. In addition to the knowns, that's all the knowns. 
In addition to the all the knowns, there's the unknowns. What are the unknowns? The unknowns are the things that you and I are going to discover. What are the, some of those discoveries happen at their salad bar? What's what are they serving today? Some of the unknowns are are the little uh, try this. And if you like it, you can buy it right next to it. It's like, well, I've never tasted it. I've never seen, a, you know, an avocado do, do, do splits before. That's incredible. That's amazing. Uh, let me try a, a, an avocado that's done splits. Wow, it even tastes great too, you know, and you taste it and you go, that's amazing. So here's the, the self-splitting avocado. That's fantastic. And I buy one, you know, so that's, a, that's an unknown. That's an unexpected. So you got, so the great brands have the, have the unknowns with the unknowns. They, you know, if you do too much knowns, like you, like if you're always getting what you expect, you're going to, someone's going to come along and start providing unknowns and all of a sudden they're going to, they're going to be stealing your clients. So, but if you as a brand are managing your knowns and your unknowns, whoa, now you are badass. Now you, you give them a people, a reason to keep coming back because what is an unknown? An unknown is discovery. An unknown is, wow, you took, you caught me by surprise and that's kind of cool. I know that I can come for what I expect and need that's on my shopping list, but you're going to give me a surprise and I may even buy one or two of those surprises and I'll go, that's really cool. I can now always come here and get what I know I need and f- discover things I didn't even know were ex- in, in, existing in the world. Love that. Let me ask you this. For the people that we're talking to here, when we talk about branding, it's, you know, my contention here would be that it's personal branding. It's, it's, it's you. It's you're the consultant, you're the service provider, the coach, whatever it may be. It's about who you are and what you represent. What are your, let's say, top three favorite examples of personal brands that do everything we're talking about today exceptionally well? Personal brands? Yeah. I would say, I mean, I, th- I think like, I think I would say like Dale is a good one. I think Dale's a good one. Um, I would say another good one is I'd say Gary Vee is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's always giving, you know, he's, you know, he's giving what you expect and he's always throwing a little bit of a curveball. All of a sudden he'll go on for a period of time. He'll be talking about empathy or he'll be talking about culture or he'll be talking about, um, entitlement or he'll be talking about sales or he'll be talking about, um, whatever. So I think that, I think Gary's a good example as a personal brand. I think that, I think that Grant, Grant does a good job. Grant Cardona does a good job in terms of, you know, he, he gives you that good balance. Um, you know, and, and, you know, and it's like, and you just, I mean, you look at it, you look at, you know, for the, the for those of your listeners who may not be aware of this, I mean, you have to understand, like Grant just had uh, GrowthCon 3. They had over 33,000 attendees, the largest entrepreneurial uh, conference in the world. Okay. That's the third year. First year was like 2,200. Second year was about over 9,000. Third year was over 3,000, 3,300, no, 33,000 some odd people. That's because Grant's estimation of what it takes to get it done is like you look at the amount, sheer amount of content that he puts out. It's just absurd. It's insane. You know, and some people say, well, that's not my style. You know, I'm like, I'm more conservative. Well, good. Then, then, you know, you made your bed. Enjoy it. Love it. Don't, don't, don't complain. You're not, you're, you aren't on firm ground to complain and say, well, I want more. Well, okay. Well, wait a second. You want more, but you're not willing to do more. Work it out. Work it out. Don't, and don't confuse style which is quality the quality of what you do with the with the quantity okay you look you look at the greatest thought leaders of today none of them are are resting on their laurels you look at damon john you look at lewis house you look at simon sinek you look at gary vaynerchuk you look at grant cardone you look at all these people none of them 
are waking up at 10 a.m. and going to bed at 8. And none of them are going, you know what? I've already done 10,000 videos. I'm going to kind of chill for the next six months. You know what I mean? It's like, if they're not giving up on the hustle, what makes you think you're entitled to give up on the hustle? That means that you have unconsciously or un, or unobserved, unobservantly adopted an entitlement mentality. You're not entitled to crap. None of us is. You get what you deserve. And I don't mean that like in a karma thing, like, oh, something bad happened to me. Oh, what did I do? No, I don't mean, I don't mean that. But put out into the world the amount that you, if you feel that you've got something really special to bring to the world, it ain't going to happen by telepathy. It ain't going to happen by karma. You got to export it. Okay? That's the deal. I mean, I publish almost every day. You're making me feel guilty for not publishing. <laughs> um, but no, look, let me ask you this, and we'll, we'll wrap up on this. I know we're, we're coming up on time here. How much of discovering your voice and what you stand for and what's different about you and the way that you show up in the market, how much of that is about showing up first and communicating and letting the market tell you what they like? One, show up. Two, waiting for the market. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, oh yes, listen, be attentive, sure. You're always going to end up with a percentage of, of those that don't like. So what? I mean, look, if the world was so smart, look, let, let, let's look at it, let's put it in this context. If I authentically, if I, David Breyer, or another, or any of your listeners, think that what they're bringing to the world is really valuable and really smart, um, but yet it doesn't exist out in the world, like no one's really, no one's really beating that drum yet. How smart is that world? Mm. The math doesn't add up. Okay, if the, if the world was that smart already, they'd already know what you're talking about. So it doesn't, it's not, and it's not a matter of like smart, dumb. It's a matter of like, hey, it's, a, it's points of awareness. There are, th there are areas of life that I am not very good at. There are areas where I'm freaking brilliant. I know the places where I'm strong. I know the places where I'm not. Um, so I know I can absolutely transform how businesses do what they do in the world. I know that I have the insight. I know that I know the right questions to ask. I know that I know the right things to ignore. I know, that I know that I know the things to reject and say no to as much as I know the things to say, that's gold. I mean, I'm working with a company right out of the Midwest in, 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 in the sort of, in the, in the space of, of uh, it's in the Brazier space. So it's going to be a new, new product line. I mean, I, I came up with it with a domain this, I, I, told him, I told him yesterday when we spoke. I said, this is going to make you millions of dollars. Period. Period. It will. I mean, guaranteed. It will cut through because it's such a populated space. But the great thing is, is everybody else was so close to it. They didn't have the, they didn't have the impartial, the impar you have to be impartially passionate, you know? And that is, that's a magical, magical thing that you can do and bring to the table. And that's what, and that's the, the thing of it. So to me, if you have something special to say, own it, export it to the world. And yes, listen to what people are saying. They may say some things where you go, oh, wow, I can amplify that particular point because I didn't make it quite as clear as it needed to be. Or people found that confusing. Or I may be talking all the way up here and, and there's a big gap between 
what they understand and that. So I, I don't listen from the standpoint of what they like and don't like. I mean, I, to me, that's just that simplifies a little bit. Well, oh, we, we like we like watching cat videos. Okay, David Brown is going to talk about cat videos. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about cat videos. So the thing is, is so so I don't want to I don't want to dumb it down to that kind of thing. Yes, be attentive, listen, take those insights, incorporate those insights into what's true for you, where you can add value, where you can add insight, where you can really help people move along in a really meaningful, impactful way in life and in the careers, in work. Uh, in their role in the world. And to me, I, I kind of refer to it, if you've listened to any of my content, you hear me occasionally talk about owning their slice of humanity. And to me, it's really, a, it's like every one of us has our own uh, ownership and, and stake in their slice of humanity. We can either rise up to owning that or not. Um, and I think that it's very important that more of us do um, and do it graciously and do it empathetically and do it with uh, a care and a, and a benevolence. Um, those are important things to me. And I think, that, I think that the more of us that own that and passionately bring it to the world, the better off the world will be, uh, the better off the people around us will be, and, the better, and if more of us impact people, more of us around us, and that will have a rippling effect and things get better overall. Be because there is no scarcity. The biggest misconception that people have is that there's a scarcity, is that there's not enough, there's not enough, uh, oh, you know, there's already, there's already, uh, if, if, if I do that, then I'm going to get less business. If I share too much, I'm gonna, it's not going to be enough business for me. That's a scarcity mentality. That's false. Um, you know, if I, you know, oh, if I, if I do, if I, I, I don't want to let people know about my competitors because there's not going to be enough business for me. That is false. There's 7 billion plus, 8 billion plus, whatever we've got at this point, that it's just ridiculous. So you're telling me that there's a scarcity? Wake up, smell the freaking coffee. There's no scarcity. So just just bring it on, man. Bring it on, you know? You're talking to the guy that interviews all his competitors on his show. So I'm with you 100%. There you go. There you go. Scarcity only abundance. Absolutely. David, you know, I got pages of notes here. Um, but, you know, we're going to have to save that for another time. This has been a lot of fun, very insightful. Uh, I was tempted to go and order your book while we were talking, but I'd be distracted. I'm going to do it right after we're done here. Hardcover, uh, hardcover. If we, if we meet face to face and you come to you with a soft cover, I'm going to look at you. I'm going to say, what the hell were you thinking? Order the hardcover. No, I mean, seriously, the hardcover yeah. has the best production values. It, it, it actually, production values are actually higher than, this, than the paperback. Get the hardcover. And then I will gladly sign it when we do meet face to face. And dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, here's my promise to you. And here's my promise to any of your readers. You get this. If it does, if it does not change how you actually see the world and understand branding and what you can do and, and use it, I will buy the book back from you. That's my, that's my guarantee to you because I, because it's like, I, I literally, I, I've had like, about maybe a few, just a handful of stupid comments. I love one person who loved one, one Amazon review. This is fabulous. He said, uh, I think he gave it three stars. And, and the reason he gave it three stars is because by the end of the book, I didn't know how to design my logo. <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse me? It's like, it's like, that's like, that's like, oh, well, I didn't like Gary V's book because I didn't know how to like actually set up my Facebook account. What? You know? It's like I, I, I didn't like Gary. I didn't like Grant Cardone's you know, 10x rule because, because I only went on 8x. He didn't tell me how to go the other 2x. What? What? 
Well, look, I, I'm expecting an impeccable logo by the time I've done that book. And, and you will be hearing from me, sir, via a very choicely worded Amazon review if that logo is not outstanding. I'll tell you that much. Absolutely. I mean, and, and I would expect nothing less. Uh, come on. <laughs> David, this has been amazing. Tell people where they can find you if they want to connect with you and learn more from you. Absolutely. Well, you can definitely you can definitely connect up with me on LinkedIn. No, quite, no question about it. But go to risingabovethenoise.com. R-I-S-I-N-G, risingabovethenoise.com. Go there. You'll see that there's a free book, The Lucky Brand. You can download it. And when you do that, that actually automatically, you get you get basically uh, automatically subscribed to the, the, I send out a weekly blog. I, I have One Minute Wednesdays, which come out every Wednesday. People love them. They're literally in one minute, I cover a particular topic and it's very action-oriented, very boom, 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 and you get it. It's useful. It's practical. It's real. Um, people love those. But go to risingabovethenoise.com. And if you, you know, and and here's the deal: if you, any of your folks actually, if they're struggling, oh, how do I, how do I do? But it's like, you know what? Don't be shy. Shyness is dumb, and I've been known to cure shyness in one phone call. <laughs> As uh, who was it? Um... I think it was Zig Ziglar said, timid salespeople have skinny children, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. professionals have, have skinny children. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, what, 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 I mean, uh, you'll, you'll love this. You'll love this. I, I, I wrote this. I, I keep a, I keep a running little thing of, of one liners because I, I've, it's, I, I, all the interaction that I have, I'm like, so it was, I think it was Confucius. All right. Confucius said this, humility is the solid foundation of all virtues. That's Confucius, right? My response is humility kept to oneself is like great hair kept under a hat, at least uncover it so it can be appreciated for what it is. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. David, this has been amazing. Looking forward to having you back on sometime soon, I hope. Maybe when the next book comes out. But thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. That, that'll be a blast. Thank you so much, David. Absolutely. My pleasure, man. Hey, it's Ahmed here again. Before I let you go, there are two things I want you to do. The first is, if you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play by visiting forecast.fm and clicking on the relevant link. While you're at it, please do leave us a rating or a review because it helps more people discover the show. The second thing is I want you to grab my free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms. Inside the course, you will get a step-by-step -step framework to help you generate a flood of new business for your firm. The course is 100% free of charge and you can get immediate access at 5leadgen.com and you can spell out five or use the number, either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. Thanks for listening.